Hey there, it's Pastor Evan here. Welcome to Unpacked. This is a new series, Unpacking Life as a Messy Human. We're exploring the soul and the strength that comes from the journey of trying to live life authentically. We hope you find it helpful and that you can see yourself in the conversations, the stories, and the interviews. Have a listen and subscribe. Welcome to Unpacked. We're glad that you've decided to join us this week. In this week's episode, we're going to go through part two of our Enneagram episode. Tara and I are going to wrap up going through each of the numbers, starting with five today. We talk a little bit more about what it means to learn the other eight numbers and how that can grow compassion and empathy in our relationships. In part one, we do an intro to the Enneagram, the benefits of how it reveals truth and sheds lights on our gifts, but also our shadows. If you haven't listened to part one, I recommend jumping back and having a listen to it first. Again, we're glad you've joined us. Okay, fives? Yeah. I got a five in my house. Yeah, and I think one of the things about fives is I think that they desire to be to be seen and experienced as very capable individuals that Mm -hmm. they're competent that they're prepared like these are things that fives really really like they're they're typically quite intellectual they they want to gain knowledge if they don't feel they have a knowledge on a topic they won't talk about it it's it's one of those things very interesting it's like we if we find ourselves in a on a topic that our five in our house doesn't know anything about we don't hear a sound from them they, they just will not, will not talk. They are often trying to acquire wisdom on lots of different things. They like to make sense of things. They like to be very um, practical and direct on how the, what the right way out of it is. When somebody is just saying, yeah, here's the truth of it. And they just say it without any emotion or anything to it. It's just like, and, and, and there have been moments when it's like, okay, well, that's a bit alarming. And you could, you know, a little bit of sensitivity <laughs> would have been great there. But any, anyways, <laughs> But, but that, that can be a little bit of how they do it. So as they learn themselves, they learn how to communicate the truths of their observations in a healthier, like easier to receive sort of a way. <laughs> right. Because so, fives are in the thinking triad. Yes. Yeah. They're thinkers. Absolutely. And they, they want to think about everything. And, and, and they also, like Susan Stabile would say, a five wakes up in the morning and they think that they have this much energy for the day. And every interaction that they have throughout the day takes a little bit of that from them. And so you, you really do have to kind of think about and choose your moments wisely with a five. When they, when they give you their time, though, oh, man, it, you feel like you just won the lottery, right? And because they're sharing so much of the things that they have studied and learned and know. And, and so you... You just want to breathe it all in, take it all in. And uh, my ministry mentor, who I worked with for a long time at the beginning of my, my ministry career, and uh, is still a very, very good friend of mine. He's been on the podcast already as a five. And, and when I get to sit with him and he is to talk about things he has learned and that he's knowledgeable about, honestly, it, it just feels like there couldn't be a wiser person. And, and I feel like I'm so lucky to be in his presence. Is he always right? Are they are fives always right? No, not always. 
In fact, sometimes they, they didn't read the room well, to be honest with you, right? And, and that can be a trick for them too. So they, they, they prefer, and I kind of said this, they prefer not to be like forced to engage in an adequate conversation. They want to choose mm-hmm. to, be, to, to be engaged. Right? They desire security, they, they value data, they, they like rational thinking, like all of these things are really, really important. That, that they're, they're, um, and, and, and part of that is that their underlying fears are giving them energy to, to collect information. Like that's literally what they're trying to do is, is collect information. And, um, and that energy is precious. Mm-hmm. So they don't always want to give it away. But once they start learning about something, look out, you know, my five in our house is a level four, you know, dungeon master, (laughs) dungeons and dragons. And I tell you what, I don't think anybody knows more than he does about dungeons and dragons for, for fives, their shadow is that that they, they, they can be consumed by a sense of helplessness, that they feel like they can't, they can't always contribute and can't always help. Um, they, they have a fear that they're incapable or incompetent in certain areas. And that's why they, they wouldn't say anything if you're talking about a topic that they don't know much about. Um, and, uh, and, and sometimes, to be honest with you, sometimes fives, they can feel emotionally unattached. Like just, you just don't know. Like, I, does this person love me or don't they? And, and, uh, and so that, that can be a little bit of their shadow, their shadow side. They, they have to work hard at actually saying that they like you. Because when you're hanging out with them, there is a sense that you just don't know. I, I would say for them uh, in their healing journey, um, kind of another, another important thing is the fives need to identify their needs. And, and they need to ask for those needs to be met. Oftentimes I would say that, that the needs that they have are needs for affection, for love, for care, for all of those kinds of things. They just don't know how to, how to rationalize and rationally tell you that they need a hug. Right. (laughs) Right. Like, but that's really, really what they need. Sometimes I have to just grab my five and give them a hug. I think they, in their healing journey, they need to recognize that actually the well of who they are is not depleting as fast as they think it is that actually they don't have to be so stingy (laughs) all of the time that, that they do have the capacity and the energy to survive a day without, you know, running out of gas. Yeah. And it's a preservation thing. Yeah. And they're just trying to, yeah. Uh, Interesting thing about fives and boundaries is, Mm -hmm. um, they have boundaries and they respect boundaries. Susan Stabil would say, they, they all have, all of my fences have gates, is what they would say. And, you're in, and the five's in charge of the gate. Do they ever um, feel like, you know, when they're trying to acquire knowledge and information, like they would never feel like they've hit enough? No, I, I think that, yeah, I think that they, like a healthy five would say, okay, I think that's enough. But, but would a, would a healthy five believe they had learned everything there was to learn on a topic? I doubt it. Mm-hmm. And is one of the practices for them, because they do want to retreat inwards and kind of do a lot of internal thinking. I think Rob was talking about this at 
one point when we were interviewing him, like he also, the practice is also sometimes to invite others into that space Yes. to be able to work through and process, you know, challenges that you're dealing with or whatever. Yeah. And even, you know, on that note, like that was an interesting thing when we worked together, nobody knew what he was processing. Right. And, and I was the seven and I was like verbal diarrhea everywhere. I was processing out loud <laughs> everywhere I went, you know, still am in some ways. And so it's like, so, but that, that was just the challenge. You know, he would often mm-hmm. tell me to practice the spiritual practice of secrecy. <laughs> and I would, I would try to challenge him to practice, you know, talking every once in a while, <laughs> but what's on your mind, <laughs> not just what you've already figured all out. And we'd laugh about that. We probably still would laugh about that if he was on the call, but, but that's the practice. Yeah. Um, interesting thing. Uh, and I, this has been really helpful. If you get a chance to listen to a five, don't share your feelings with them. Just listen to them. It's like a magic wand when you're talking <laughs> to a five. And uh, so, so it's something to keep in mind. Okay. Sixes. Yeah. Sixes. First of all, the motivation of a six is, is um, to, to create safety. And um, that isn't just for themselves. It's safety and security for all people around them. Yeah, they, they do like to surround themselves then with things that are stable, that are secure, that are all of those kinds of things. Right. This is, this is part of the challenges that that's where we would say they they become difficult to handle, right? Is because for some people, right, they're, they're trying to create safety by reliability and stability. Those two things are really, really important to them. And so if you're a person like me, who's trying to push the envelope and grow people, and, you know, I think that growth happens out in the, in the tension, out in the uncomfortable, so to speak. Um, they're, They're not huge fans of that, but uh, when you think about the motivation then of a, of a six and you think about what they're really trying to do, it's actually quite beautiful. They're trying, they're trying to protect. That's all they're trying to do. And it's not just protect them. In fact, I know some sixes who are, who are quite brave. They're not trying to build a wall of defense around themselves, but, but they are very good at pointing out the, the, the chinks in the armor, so to speak, of mm-hmm. a community, of a church community, of a, you know, all those kinds of places. So you do need them to keep us safe. You know, Ian Cron would say, you know, if, if it wasn't for sixes, we'd all be dead. Like, for sure. They literally keep the world still alive and functioning, mm-hmm. right? They, they pay attention to the things that other people aren't paying attention to. And now what, what can happen is that, that they, they can wake up in the morning and scan the horizon for all the bad things, the scary things that are out there, and that they, they can quite, quite um, easily become consumed with fear. And, and what's really tricky about that is, and I've, I've said this before, right, is that sometimes we act out of character when we're, when we're afraid. And I think that most sixes... Um, would have stories like that. And they, when they look back at their, in their past, they would go, I definitely acted out of fear. And that's not who I am, want to be, want to portray all of those, those kind of things. They are able to see risks though, in every situation. 
Um, they're, 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 when they're healthy, they can be quite good at pointing out those risks. Sixes are known as the loyalists, which is interesting. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're incredibly loyal people. They're in your organization. They want to see your organization survive. Mm-hmm. They also have a level of skepticism. And so they are also the same people who question leaders often. Because, because they're making an assumption that the leader hasn't thought about all the dangerous things that are out there. Mm-hmm. That, that the leader sometimes isn't as thought, hasn't been as thoughtful as a six would have liked. And that can mm-hmm. be true. That actually can be true. But it can also be one of their, their, their shadows or their challenges. Um, so so they, they, they do end up asking a lot of questions of leaders sometimes that if a leader is insecure, can, can create tension. They, they, they are the kind of people who like structure and do help with structure. It, it, it helps them to stay in between the navigational beacons, so to speak. You know, the, 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 this actually might be a really great thing. A healthy six is like the rumble strips on the highway. Mm, that is a good metaphor. Right? That it's like, they're, they're always paying attention. And if you start going off into the ditch a little bit, right? It's like, and it, and it wakes you up and gets you back on the road, right? Mm-hmm. The, the key with the six is that sometimes they need to be reminded that off-roading is quite fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? And they're, they're done. Yeah, they're done safely. We can have a good time out there in the field or wherever it is, you know, ripping around. So, so I think that's a little bit of like, how, how sixes sometimes need to think. They, they really do need to think that way. Uh, sometimes. I think sometimes uh, sixes have to remind themselves like their shadow is that they see shadows everywhere. <laughs> and and uh, sometimes it's really important for them to recognize that uh, not everything is, is scary. Not everything is mm-hmm. dangerous. And sometimes um, risk takes us to, to deeper, deeper places. And so we have to make our way to that rumble strip thing. Like, no, actually, sometimes you go off-roading and that's actually where you discover the bigger picture of what God is doing. God created all of it, not just the road. Mm-hmm. And he's in all of it, not just on the road. So we can wander out into the field and we can experience God out there too. And sometimes we need to. That's actually where he needs us to be. Right? Everybody else is already on the road. Reminding themselves, uh, you know, in their own healing kind of is reminding themselves that they're going to be okay. It's actually healing for them to, to, to actually look at the evidence, right? So they can say, this is all the things, the bad things that could happen. And sometimes it's helpful to say, where's the evidence of that? You have imagined a worst, worst case scenario for your worst case scenario, but there's no evidence for it. And so when they can when they can start to see that, that that's happening, it can be quite healing for them. The, the opposite of, of fear is not courage, it's faith. So in the context of church, right, and faith, like our, our faith, like our journey with God, is that, that to counteract our fear, we lean into our faith. We lean into God. Right? It's, it's not just courage. It's, it's to lean in and trust.
So trust is important. That's interesting too, because it's not just asking them to overcome a fear. Like they can still have the fear, can still be present, but realizing what's real about it. And then even deciding, okay, we're not going to go that direction and be okay with that is an important practice for them too. When you get to see a six in their beauty, like in the best part of who they are, you, you get to see somebody who has an intense love for their community and for the people around them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes their intensity feels a little like control, but it's not really meant to be. That's not what they're trying to do. What they're trying to do is protect and love and create safety and all of those good things. So I already said, this is seven as a seven. I'm a dreamer. And we used to have a guy on our leadership team uh, who is a six and I'd come to leadership meeting. I have a dream of this, you know, splashing my dreams out there all over the place about what we could do or what we could try. And almost every time it felt like when he first started on leadership, almost every time it felt like he was like poo-pooing on my party. And finally I decided we got to go for coffee or something. We got to talk about this because this guy is killing the mood, you know, like, it's so interesting because I we sit down and I'm like, I, I'm frustrated to talk about this because every time I have an idea, I feel like you are poking holes in it. And he goes, wait, that's, that's how you're, what you think is happening? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I, I love when you dream. I am on leadership. Because I believe that you can dream and lead this place in, in, in a direction and in places that, you know, no church has gone before, so to speak. But when you start dreaming, the way I feel like I can contribute the most is by saying, but here's an obstacle. And here's a challenge. And here's a place where we should pay attention to. And they, they, they were coming across to me all like negative things. But what he was trying to say was, yes. And let's be safe about these three things. But I was hearing him totally wrong. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, uh, I don't, I actually, it was a funny thing because I don't think he changed much of what he was doing, but I changed the way I was listening to him. Yeah. And it's another good example of how you both see things differently. But when you work together like that, it's really helpful and brings out the best of both of your types. Sixes wake up in the morning thinking that it's their responsibility to scan the horizon for danger. If they don't do it, nobody else will. Right. And, and when they can put down the responsibility of that, they can help. Uh, Sevens. And we should go fast because we've talked lots about sevens. No, 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 no. (laughs) Don't try to just gloss right over this number. (laughs) Sevens, uh, sevens have a desire to be happy and fulfilled. They, they are looking for fulfillment in their life. They, they, they do have a, a motivation to avoid pain, negatives, you know, negative experiences. They, they, um, they are, we are free spirited people. We don't like the idea of finding ourselves stuck in something <laughs> is, is quite a scary thing. You know, Susan Stabil would say, you know, sevens always have a backup plan. They always have a backup plan just in case they need to pull the eject button and they got somewhere else to land that's not doesn't have pain in it. 
which is a lie, but it, but it is like one of those things. Um, they tend to be really spontaneous. We tend to be pretty light hearted, adventurous, optimistic, positive, like all of those kinds of things. Um, for sevens, it's like all about the anticipation. So, so an event is great, but getting excited about the event is even better, right? Or a vacation or whatever, right? It's more fun to think about and fantasize about what the vacation is going to be like than actually to live and be in the vacation. If that, if that actually makes sense, like that's not a good thing, but it is a real thing. Like it, it's a real tendency that, that, um, that they have sevens do not like doors being closed. That it, it, it's a confining thing and they don't, they don't like it. I don't like it. Or being and told I, what to do. Yep. Sevens don't like being told what to do either. Nope. They don't. And because it's, there's something that's confining about that. And, and to be honest with you, um, a healthy seven shouldn't need to be told what to do. Um, when they're unhealthy, we can be really irritating to work with and be around and, and all of those kinds of things, because we, um, we can't always see how we are avoiding our, our own interior brokenness or shadows or all of those kinds of things. And so our spontaneity, or actually I'll say it differently. I can be erratic in, in some of what I, what I do and how, how I allow that to happen. And that can be hard on people around you. Uh, sevens are thinkers. We, we access important things through our thoughts, but, and, and uh, most Enneagram people would tell you that a seven is the fastest thinker on the, on the wheel, on the Enneagram wheel, which means we can, we can both, we can, we can both get ourselves deeply in trouble. And we can also get ourselves and others quite quickly out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Because we can think quickly and, and uh, lots of sevens have, are charming. You, you might be seducing people and I might be charming people. Right. And, and neither of those things are always great. No. Right? Like being charming is a skill in the bag that I have, but charming somebody into doing something that they actually aren't ready to do or don't or shouldn't do. Can, can be a, a, a dangerous, dangerous thing. Um, so our, our fear of, of being trapped can be one of the, the big shadows actually for us. When we start to feel trapped, we, we start to try to find escape doors, you know, ways out. And, um, you know, sometimes hard things in particular in my own life, like when I have to grieve the loss of something, I can see grief coming and I, I can perceive how painful I believe it's going to be and with and I do that all without thinking about it and so I'm trying to find something fun over here you know that I can take a right turn and go find something fun to do and I think that that um that doesn't lead to depth as a human so I I really do consciously have to tell myself I'm willing to go through painful thing a hard thing to come out the other side and know that there, there's something deeper in that. 
Um, sevens can become takers. We, we can take things just so that we can experience joy and fun and excitement and all those kind of things. Some of that comes from a root lie that we believe that maybe God hasn't given us everything we need for the journey. So we take instead. Um, uh, the healing work that we have to do is to not, not do that. The healing work we have to do is to trust that God, uh, that that's a lie and that God has given us what we need. Um, that we are more than capable of handling hard things. And that when we allow those things to happen, that we, we actually, um, in, in my case in particular, because I'm a outward processor, when people can stay close to me enough that I'll tell them the truth of what I'm really feeling and experiencing, I think they get to grow a great deal by watching because I'm saying what's happening. I'm, I am saying it out loud. Yeah, what did I leave out? What did I leave out here? Uh, I think for sevens, what's been interesting to watch even in you is like how fast your mind works, but also the reframing ability that you have mm. as a seven and, and many sevens have. They can reframe situations and the hard ones, but also the giftedness of it sometimes is actually you can help other people to reframe their own pain into something positive. And it doesn't mean taking it away. I think for you as an individual, that can be hard <laughs> to reframe your own stuff and get ahead of your pain, but to other people, it gives them some breaks in their mm -hmm. pain and actually able to see things differently. Yeah. Those are, th that's a real thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Seven's ability to reframe in real time can be uh, a good thing for others and a bad thing yeah. for us. Interesting kind of a deal. Eights. Should we do yeah. eights? Okay. Yeah. Uh, eights are, um, eight are, eights are interesting because mm -hmm. they have, they have uh, a ton of energy. They, uh, they really do desire to be strong, to, to forge their own path. They, they take great pride in, in being able to find it new ways and creative ways to, to push through some things. They, they like sevens avoid being controlled. They do not like being told what to do. Um, and what's interesting is a healthy eight shouldn't need to be told what to do. <laughs> and you'll get more out of them, actually, if you don't. It's the same as the seven. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. if you don't, as, as a seven and an eight, if, if you work at helping them to be healthy, mm -hmm. you don't tell them what they have to do. Like, if you're their boss or whatever, you don't tell them what they're, all the things they have to do they'll work three times as hard and do three times as much. They will. They're, they're just like that. Um, uh, eights do not like being taken advantage of. That, that is a, that's a, that's a thing for them. Um, they tend to be action oriented. They, they like to get things done. They take charge of, of situations sometimes without even meaning to or wanting to, they, they just find themselves in charge of different things. They, they are willing to speak the truth and they're, and they, Unfortunately for them, they sometimes speak it so boldly that it offends. That is a, like, it's a quality, right? And I'm, I'm married to an eight and there definitely have been times when my, my eight wife has hurt my feelings, but I rarely have to guess where, where I stand in our relationship and where we're at. And that can be a gift. 
right? I don't, I don't guess, I don't have to guess. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It is a, it is a really helpful thing actually to know where you stand with someone and, and the truth that they're telling is often not wrong. It just mm-hmm. doesn't come across gently most of the time, yeah. but that's just, if you can see past that and understand that their heart is for whatever they're telling you. Um, and I think we said this before, but oh man, eights, they are advocates. They are protector of the weak. Yeah. So you, you, you put an eight in charge of children and the innocence of the children, they will protect it to their, to their detriment. They just will. They're, they're just that kind of advocates. They really do. Um, their gut response, they have a gut instinct. So they're instinctual in the, in the things that they do and how they respond to things. Some eights can tell you why. Some just go, no, nope, that's just, my instinct is that that is wrong and that is all. <laughs> and I will not explain to you why it just is. Their shadow is, is really that they, they resist being controlled. They resist being hurt or betrayed. Betrayal is a huge thing for eights. They have a hard time um, letting go and forgiving um, when, you, when they feel that you have, have betrayed them. Because they value um, strength, um, they often see vulnerability as something that's not good. Mm-hmm. In themselves. So, yeah, in themselves, yeah. So it opens them up to something that could potentially hurt them. So, so getting AIDS to be vulnerable about what's really, what they're really afraid of is, is hard. It can be really hard for them to do that. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an interesting thing. I, I was saying this uh, to Kristen, we're advocating for some things right now. And it's really unfortunate because I think and oftentimes the world sees somebody who is in dissent or pointing out something broken as, as, um, as dissent, they get offended by it. And so they don't see the truth in what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And it's too bad because I think if we could, if we could stop seeing the eights who are advocating as the aggressor, we probably would be able to experience truth in our lives a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Right. And it it can be hard. It can be hard to take it. So for them, uh, uh, healing wise, they, they need to, the, to keep in mind that it's like not everybody's out to get to them. Not everybody wants to fight. Not everybody has the, the level of energy required to fight. And because, and I say fight, confront. Challenge. Yeah. That's- yeah. Eights love a good, like a, a really good, let's like, like, let's have at her, you know? And, and um, uh, I know several, several eights. And you have, a, you have a good, healthy debate with them. And when you're done, they are like your best friend. They're closer to you than ever. Even though you've just had this, you know, disagreement on things. It's, it's, it's really something fascinating. And, uh, and it's a cool thing about them. So, so anyways, for them, um, a little bit of healing around, around that is that, that not everybody, you know, is out to get them. Um, the, the big thing for, for them is, is for them to see vulnerability as a strength, right? To, to allow people into their story is actually one of the strongest things they could do. So it really is one yeah. thing I would say about AIDS too, is like, 
I think in our culture, we're more comfortable with male AIDS than we are mm-hmm. female AIDS. So that's just one of the things we've heard in some of the things that we studied. And I think it's important to point out that men are often seen when they're AIDS and like they're in an organization or even in a household, they get to lead. And that's just, they're just leading. That's just how they're yeah. doing it. But women, when they come across as challengers and they're advocating for something, for some reason, we're a little bit more uncomfortable with that. And they have a harder time connecting with people. And the, the- the real tragic part of it is, uh, this is a generalized statement, so you know, take it for well, what so it is. Mine. <laughs> but when when women are advocating for something, the least of these, they quite typically are. They really are the least of these. I and I've, I've I'll stick to my guns on this one in so many ways, and this is not one hundred percent true, but in so many ways, I think women are just in tune more with the world and what's happening in it men are a little bit more in tune with their world and what's happening. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They see things in a different way and they're able to point them out a lot quicker. And I think sometimes that can catch other numbers off guard Yeah. when they're willing to say it, name it, and it, it feels quick um, and yeah. sometimes aggressive. But like you said before, just knowing their heart for what they're doing, if you can listen for that, like to try and watch for what are they advocating for? What are they paying attention to that I'm not seeing because they often are seeing something that you're not nines. Yeah. Nine. Oh man. Do you want to talk about the nine? I think you should talk about the nine. I don't know why you would talk about the nine, but I think you should. (laughs) Poor guy married to a nine, just my favorite nine. I'm so biased towards nines too, but I I love learning about them because they're a really fascinating number and twos and nines actually are kind of similar in some ways. So they often get mistyped, which I think is kind of fascinating, but they're very different in their motivations. So nines really desire to um, have peace externally and internally. They're always trying to maintain the stability outside in their environment and internally. So they don't really want to rock the boat. They're pretty calm and easygoing people, but they really struggle internally with anger and they're always trying to keep that at bay. So they're trying to not engage in a lot of conflict. So they tend to actually feel exhausted. They're one of the numbers. They are the number on the Enneagram that has the least amount of energy. Five's probably being up there in that area. And then it's funny because, you know, eights and sevens would have eights have the most energy. So it's quite the contrast in things. So, um, nines are always trying to conserve as well. And they, are trying to keep the peace. And that takes a lot of energy from them to be able to just maintain that space in their world. Mm -hmm. Um, They take in the world through their body. So they're also in the gut triad and a body type. So they are actually really, they're taking in the world that way, but they're almost like unaware. So they can be numb to it when they're not healthy. They're asleep to what's happening around them and the issues happening around them. And they fear their own anger. So they experience anger. They actually can be really, they can, it kind of is crazy when nines fly off the handle because it feels like really out of character, but they're always struggling internally with trying to manage their own fear of this anger that's inside of them. They make really good like mediators. They're really good listeners, even though what's funny about them as listeners is they're not always paying attention to the conversation. (laughs) So that is kind of an interesting thing. Like Ryan would say that where he's like, we joke about it a lot in our house that he listens to a third of the conversation and is forgetful occasionally, but really thoughtful people and actually do want to serve others as well. They want the people around them to feel good and calm and can be good listeners and why offer wise advice, but 
they're usually not very talkative people either. <laughs> so you can walk away from a situation and feel like they said hardly anything and they feel like they talked a lot at a party or at an outing somewhere. And one of the things in our life that I actually one of the giftedness, and I, I think this is true of most nines, is um, in their gut uh, triad, they actually react to people and to situations and they have a really good sense of like right and wrong and also like a take on someone. So he, Ryan in particular is a good judge of character. And I think a lot of nines are too. They have an innate ability to know, yep, I like them or no, I don't. And they, they may not be able to explain why, but when it comes to decisions, they, they're slow to often make a decision. But when we leave a party or if we've met someone new, I'm usually looking to him to tell me what, what was your take on this person? Or how did you feel about them? And he often can be like, yeah, they were awesome. I, I like them. Or sometimes he'll be like, nope, something's off there. So um, some of their shadow work is that um, they believe their presence doesn't matter. So they can kind of check out of relationships. Um, they have a hard time starting and getting going. They have a hard time with motivation, completing tasks, those kind of things. And then often when they get going, then they don't finish things. So that can be kind of a struggle. So they have a lot of unfinished things around their house or have a very long list, which is overwhelming and causes them to numb out. And nines numb out in a lot of different ways. It can look like Netflix. It can look like video games. It can look like food. It can look like a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. So some of the healing work for them is um, remembering that their presence matters and they have power in that. Also, I think for nines, because they're trying to always avoid conflict, that conflict can actually lead to peace. And that's something for them to remember if you can learn that. And there's lots of tools out there and ways to talk about it, but avoiding the conflict leads to more conflict usually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so them being able to address the conflict that they're experiencing actually will lead them to peace quicker than avoiding it because internally it'll build up and externally it'll probably cause relationship struggle. Um, this is kind of what's funny about, um, you know, I've been, I've been trying to throw these in every once in a while. It's, you know, nines wake up in the morning and they. No, oh, I don't know this one. That's it. That's what, that's what <laughs> it, like, it literally is like sevens wake up and in the morning and see the world is their oyster, you know, mm. eights wake up in the morning and see what are the injustices that need to be, to be addressed. You know, nines wake up in the morning and, they just woke up, you know, like that's, <laughs> I like to, I like to tease nines, but, but what I would say is I, I know several nines who are absolutely incredible people to be around and hang out with, including your husband. And they have a deep, deep heart for people. Mm -hmm. And in a way like fours, they can come alongside of people who are hurting and not feel the need to overdo it in terms of mm -hmm. making them all them feel all better and that's a that is a unique gift you know when you talk to a nine what's interesting is like you kind of have to push nines to tell you tell you what they really think because in a, a even when they're healthy they're such good listeners that you believe they are agreeing with everything you're saying and there does come moments when you have to go you do you agree with me or don't you? It's okay for you to assert yourself and push back. When a nine asserts themselves and pushes back a little bit, 
they typically say some of the wisest things, uh, you know, especially if, if it's not directly related to their inner peace. One of the things I like too about the, uh, I, we've heard this on a podcast somewhere, but a lot of the U.S. presidents, the best ones have been nines, Yeah, which you wouldn't think that, but it also makes a lot of sense for being able to navigate really hard and stressful situations and doing it calmly. It's important. And nines can see a lot of different perspectives and hold that. Like they can, they can resonate with everybody, everybody's perspective, which is why sometimes it feels like they're agreeing with you because they actually can merge with different numbers and different types and opinions in order to understand where you're coming from. So they have a lot of compassion for people as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, ah, yeah. It's pretty, pretty fun. The Enneagram is, is just another tool to understand how you and others are seeing the world. It's revealing truth and it's truth that's unique to each person. So we do the work and we dig for the truth of what motivates us and why we do the things we do. And we allow others to be themselves. And we do that. I think, I think we're offering the world the best of who we are by, by coming to know ourselves and and we're allowing others to, to be themselves. And when we can come to understand each other in our differences, I think that's one of the places where we, we can become more fully community. I really loved it at work in my personal relationships in my like family, even it's given me a lot of compassion for others and for myself, which actually being a two, I need that. And so it's been a good reminder and a good way to learn how to grow and also how to pay attention to the moments when I am struggling. It's been, I've, I've really enjoyed it and it is just a, it's just another tool, but it's a tool that has a lot of depth in it as well that you can continue to learn about. And there's a lot of different angles that, you know, we can't even go into and just even a couple podcasts, there's tons of podcasts and books to go about this, but whatever it is, like whether it's the Enneagram or something else, I just I really hope people are looking at doing self-awareness and self-reflection work and asking the deeper questions so they can be freer and learn who they really were made to be. Yeah, totally true. Oh, thanks. 